Thank you for joining us here on October 23rd, 2022 with Reverend Jonathan Warren at the First Love Ministry. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is Humility Challenge. Our liturgist for today is Nancy Bork. Our scripture reading comes to us from 2 Timothy 4, verses 6-8, and then 16-18. Our gospel reading is from Luke 18, 9 through 14. The special music, O Four Thousand Tongues, is performed by the chancel choir. A time with children is done by Brad Smith. Thank you for listening to us, and we pray that all things will go well for you this coming week. God bless. The scripture reading today is from 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 through 8, and 16 through 18. Let us listen to the word of God. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord.
gospel lesson for today comes from Luke chapter 18, beginning with the ninth verse. Let us listen to the word of God. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've been in Jacksonville just a little while, but I still can't figure out why the stop signs are so complicated here. You get to the stop sign, maybe you pulled up second or third, you don't know which one, but if you go second instead of third, you might be risking your life. And then it gets extra complicated when someone tries waving you on, right? But then you want to be nice, so you wave them on, and you end up in the standstill for what seems way too long, and then the last person to arrive ends up going anyway, throwing everyone off. I thought the four-way stop was a uniquely Jacksonville, Illinois thing until I recently watched a skit entitled Midwest Nice. In the skit, he's coming up to a stop sign, and since he's Midwest Nice, 
he waves the other person to go. And then he sees someone else, and he lets them go, waving them on. And then, all of a sudden, finally, a pedestrian approaches the intersection, and so he actually puts his car in reverse so that the pedestrian has extra room. He's Midwest nice. I didn't know that Midwest nice was a thing, but when I saw this skit, it had Jacksonville written all over it. According to the Urban Dictionary, Midwest nice is a manner of non-confrontationally addressing a situation that is somehow annoying in a passive-aggressive manner, but subtle enough to be considered friendly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the stop sign situation is subtle enough to be considered friendly, right? But it's also super annoying especially when out-of-towners come, right? They even provide a few examples of Midwest nice. If someone says, you're fine, it almost certainly means you're doing something to annoy them. Let me sneak past you means you're in someone's way. I can't wait means you need to hurry up. And my favorite, you sure that's a good idea, means it's not a good idea. (laughs) Now, in today's gospel reading, we meet two people, a Pharisee and a tax collector. And instantly, we know which one is more respected and revered in society. In fact, never in history or in any future will anyone like tax collectors. This is true, right? But because we know each of their inner thoughts, we surprisingly discover that the Pharisee is acting Midwest nice. In fact, I could imagine him approaching a four-way stop sign, waving people on, smiling, and acting all nice to the others in the intersection. But unfortunately, we know what he's really thinking behind that nice smile. Now, sometimes it would be nice not to know the truth. But Jesus has a lesson here for all of us, and that lesson is to teach us the importance of humility. Now, I almost entitled the sermon Humility Challenged, with a D at the end, because our world doesn't encourage humility. We're told in the marketplace, in the business world, that unless we promote ourselves, take center stage, and claim all the credit for success, then we can't get ahead. Sometimes it means climbing on the backs of your coworkers, But beyond the business world, this is the way the media, Hollywood stars, sports teams seem to operate. And maybe those kinds of lives seem very foreign, but it hits closer to home when we see this happening all over social media. When we see people sharing things that we never thought they would. And in our lives, we're also encouraged to put family above everything else, we have a hierarchy of things. And so we become humility challenged. Now the other reality is some folks are challenged in the complete other way. Sometimes folks are so humble they don't share the good news of Christ. Or they get taken advantage of. Or some will walk all over them. Now being humble does not mean 
being spineless. One pastor shares, the problem comes with the last sentence of the text, which can lead us into a race to win the trophy for most humble person. You see it in Luke 18.14, which says, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. It's not very easy to be humble because we're getting mixed messages. Our world tells us one thing, and then we hear this last verse with our Midwest nice charm. We end up competing for the most humble person trophy, which is the opposite of humility. There was a story told about a man who asked his rabbi why people couldn't see the face of God. What happened, he wondered, that they could no longer reach high enough to see God? The rabbi, a very old man, had experienced a lot in his life and was very wise. My son, he said, that is not the way it is at all. You cannot see the face of God because there are so few who can stoop that low. How sad this is, but it is the truth. Learn to bend, to bow, to kneel, and stoop, and you will be able to see God face to face. The story reminds us of another saying, the door to the kingdom of God is exactly as high as you are when you walk on your knees. If you are standing tall, full of pride, you can't get through. Essentially, we all need to relearn how to be humble, not as a competition, but so we can see others and God the way we were intended. Because we're humility challenged, we must carefully cultivate the humility Jesus desires of us. In today's parable, the Pharisee is standing tall, full of pride, while the tax collector could barely face God. Jesus shares who the lowest was when they approached God, who the humblest was. C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, says this about humility. If anyone would like to acquire humility, I can, I think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud. And a biggish step, too, at least nothing whatever can be done before it, if you think you are not conceited, it means that you are very conceited indeed. Alcoholics Anonymous has a slogan that says, The challenge is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less often. Humility means not putting yourself either above or below others. It means not thinking about your position on a scale. So here are a few ways we each can practice humility. Kneel. Kneeling is such a simple gesture, but it reminds us that we're not in control. It's a humble person, it's a humble posture that reminds us that we aren't above others. Consciously get out of the way. Now, this is culturally harder for people in charge at work. It's usually tougher for men than women. It's challenging for people between the ages of 30 to 70. We have to put aside our need for attention and learn to consciously get out of the way so that others can shine. When we become lower, 
and get out of the way, others have an important voice to share. Practice downward mobility, essentially creating a community of equals. As we follow Christ, we must serve others. That's what Christ does time and time again. He serves others. Work to break down the barriers that separate people, the rich over the poor, the able-bodied over the disabled, the literate over the illiterate, the strong over the weak. Live into the Beatitudes to create a community of equals. And then also walk lightly upon the earth. The words humility and human both come from humus or earth. It is with humility that we accept our place as one among others. Walking lightly on this earth is not an American cultural value, but it is so essential as one of Christ's followers. Remember, these things aren't encouraged by social media, by our culture, or by our world standards. More times than not, we are humility-challenged, We can't just be Midwest nice to achieve these things. In fact, that's why it's called a humility challenge. Because I know it's not something that comes naturally. Work on these things this week. Kneel, consciously get out of the way. Practice downward mobility by creating a community of equals. Walk lightly upon the earth. Some of you do these things. Keep those practices alive. And in doing these things, we learn to bend, to bow, to kneel, and stoop. And together, we will be able to see the face of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night and we welcome all who are willing to sing. 
We look forward to hearing from you. Either by email, mail, or phone. God bless. And may you have a peaceful and safe year.